Welcome to the Restore Podcast with your host, Jeremiah, here sharing light from above for the journey ahead. I recently read an article from TribuneIndia.com about a bridge that collapsed after a truck carrying a a JCB machine was crossing it. And in the truck, there was a driver and, and, and one passenger. Thankfully, nobody was injured. But it stood out to me because the bridge was built to only withstand 18 tons worth of weight. The machine carrying the two occupants weighed about 26 tons. And the integrity of the building collapsed underneath the weight. Well, I, I bring this up because right now we're living in a time not that it's it's this this is the only time but we are living in a time where i think all of us are experiencing some level of weight in the form of anxiety in the form of fear in the form of stress and our foundations are being exposed in so many ways But the question is, what do we do with that anxiety? What do we do with that stress? After we realize we've reached our maximum, we've reached our pinnacle, our breaking point, what do we do? There's an invitation in the Bible that should bring comfort to each of us, no matter where we are in our life's journey. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. And I'm going to also say verses six and seven. In the New King James Version, it states, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. In the ERV Version, it's worded a little different. And it states, So be humble under God's mighty hand, and he will lift you up when the right time comes. Give all your worries to him because he cares for you. And in the CEB version, it says, therefore, humble yourselves under God's power so that he may raise you up in the last day. Throw all your anxiety onto him because he cares for you. Now, if we're honest, we're all carrying and we would admit this some type of burden that has been causing us some level of worry and anxiety. It would be it would be pretty cold of me not to acknowledge that we're living in a time when it should be expected for us to be confused by the past, uneasy in the present and worried about the future. Just over one year ago was the introduction of a worldwide health emergency a.k.a. COVID-19. There's been political unrest, which seems to be at an all-time high. Unemployment is the worst it's been in the United States since the year 1932. Nearly one million people have been displaced over in Ethiopia, and a swarm of locusts have threatened many crops in several different countries. This is just to mention a few of the events which in the past year um, that has caused much uneasiness, to say, say the least. Indeed, 
if there was ever a time for us to be worried, I think it's now. In a book titled Redefining Anxiety, the author writes, currently in the United States, anxiety affects more than 40 million people, and that number is only increasing and often highly underreported. Let's consider some things that we're carrying that, are, that, that, that can be causing us fear and anxiety. Parenting. Right now, many parents are forced to spend more time with their children, time that they're not accustomed to, to spending. Since children are going to school online, parents have to feed them more, have to also pay more for utilities, and also have to pay more in form of attention and give more emotional support. This definitely has many parents on edge. Um, but to add to that, Many parents are concerned about their children morally and regarding their health because it seems as though parenting today is so much more challenging when we take into consideration how many different influences have access to our children's mind other than just the parent. I mean, it's always been like that. It, it always took a village to raise a child, but today... A, a child can go into the other room and have access to a whole nother world just through their smartphone. Employment. As I said a few moments ago, in the U.S., unemployment rates are as high as they've, as they've been since 1932. People are struggling right now to earn income, to care for their families, to care for their daily necessities. Um, what about economics? We, 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 we've received several stimulus checks in the U.S. However, um, that only testifies to the economic crises that we're facing right now, where so many have been exposed. I think we all have been exposed in some way or another, whether it's been proven that we've managed well and wisely with our resources or whether or if it exposed that we need to make some improvements and we've been careless with the way we've been managing our resources. How about relationships? Again, these are all areas that I think we are carrying some type of level of anxiety, fear, care, concern. Um, what about relationships? When it comes down to our relationships, I think that right now our, our relationships are truly being exposed as to whether or not they're healthy or not. I, I heard that domestic violent rates have, have increased. Divorce rates in some degree have increased, not only in America, but in other countries as well. People are being forced to spend more intimate time with each other and only finding out that, wait a second, you're not the person who I thought you were. I'm not the person who I thought I was. This is not what we signed up for. And even this area is causing much stress, strain, um, burden. It's, it's a burden to many of us. And also, what about grudges, unforgiveness, sin? When it comes down to carrying the weight of care, deep concerns, fears, anxieties, sometimes we don't consider this, but even holding a grudge, not choosing to forgive someone, that can also cause anxiety that can cause 
deep concern. That can be a, a, a just a weight that we do not need to carry, but we find ourselves carrying. And of course, sin. What about sin? When we know deep down in our conscience that we have not done what was right, we have not lived in harmony with our own convictions. It's difficult for us to even look ourselves in the mirror. What about that weight of sin? Again, I share this, but in reality, the good news is we don't have to remain captives to our worry, our fears, our anxieties. First Peter chapter five, verses six and seven reminds us that we can give our burdens to God because he cares for our well-being. God wants us to give him our anxiety while we receive his peace. And we're told exactly how to make the exchange. First, we are to assume an attitude of humility while standing before the presence of our heavenly father. To be humble means to not be proud or haughty. In other words, we are to forfeit the erroneous idea that we have everything under control and accept that we need help. It's difficult for a proud person to admit that they need help, even when the evidence is written in the sky for all to see. Nevertheless, this is one of the requirements, the first requirement for us to receive God's peace in exchange for our anxiety and our fears. Secondly, we are to express our worries, concerns, and fears to our Heavenly Father. This is not as simple as it seems because some of us have become so accustomed to holding on to our honest feelings and thoughts that we refuse to even share them with God. And I think many of us have good reason to protecting how we honestly feel. Some of us have been hurt and bruised so deeply in the past by others that we don't think it's safe to open up and express our honest inner feelings and thoughts, concerns and worries. Even now, it's a common response when you ask someone how they're doing. They say, well, it doesn't make any sense and complaining because nobody's gonna listen anyways. And we take that same mentality towards our loving Heavenly Father. And rather than complaining, rather than pouring out the burdens and anxieties of our heart, rather than being just honest and naked, we go before our gracious Creator covered up, only expressing the things that we think He's interested in hearing about us. When subconsciously, it's like saying, I'll take care of the rest. I'll share this little bit with you, God, and I'll take care of the rest. When God wants us to bring all of ourselves before him because he cares for us. However, many of us don't think that God is trustworthy. But I want you to know something. It's God's delight and privilege to prove that he is trustworthy to us. So he doesn't demand our trust. He earns our trust. Sometimes we need to be reminded that he is empathetic towards us and wants to teach us how to rely on him. 
It has been proven that when we discuss issues with others, we feel better and we think clearer. The same effect takes place when we express our cares of our, our cares to our Heavenly Father, even in the form of writing. Our Heavenly Father wants us to trust Him as our private audience. And He also invites us to express ourselves in writing, if we prefer this method, as though He is the only one who's going to read it. So let's imagine for a moment that just like when we're sitting before a therapist or a counselor or a group of people or a friend who, who sincerely care about what's going on in our world, we feel so free when we open up to them and we think clearer. We feel lighter afterwards, right? Because we know they're not judging us or holding, us, holding what we share with them against us. What if we imagine God as our personal audience, whereas we open up to our gracious creator, we know that He's not going to use what we're sharing with him against us to our own destruction. He's not going to judge us with it and by it. This should help us to be more open and honest in God's presence. And what about when it comes down to writing and journaling and, and expressing our, our thoughts? What if we imagine that only God will read it? God, again, he wants to heal us. He wants to help us, but he can only help us to the extent that we're willing to be honest. Again, I want to remind you that back in Genesis, it tells us that Adam and Eve, they were naked before the Lord. And even after they sinned and they covered up, God came and he made them coats of skin. But in order for them to put on those coats of skin, they had to be willing to remove the fig leaves that they had made for themselves, which means they had to be willing at least for another moment to stand naked before God in order to be covered by God. So I just want to remind you that God is totally trustworthy. And if we can be totally honest with anybody, we can be honest with him. Well, let's continue. According again from the book, Redefining Anxiety, getting your thoughts out of your head and onto paper will help you determine what is true and what is not. That's just to support the idea of even taking the approach of journaling to God. Remember, we can't do God's job for him and he can't do our job for us. Our job is to trust and rest in his love while his job is to provide for our needs and confirm that he is trustworthy. Notice the following regarding our job. Matthew 5 verse 16 says, Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. It's difficult for our lights to shine before other people when we are so bogged down and consumed with our own fears and anxieties. John 6 verse 29, after different people came to Jesus and asked him, what must we do that we must that we may also do the works of God? They said this and asked this after they saw Jesus perform many miracles. His response was the work of God is this to believe in the one whom he has sent. In other words, to trust in the one whom he has sent. This is the work. So we see here that God invites us to trust, to believe 
in him. It's difficult to carry the burden of anxiety, fear, and panic while at the same time resting in the care of God. And Genesis 2 verse 21 tells us, So the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at, it, at that place. This lets us know that Adam was sleeping. But let's just not look at this in a physical sense. But he was also resting in the presence of God. And while he was resting, it tells us that God opened up his side and pulled out one of his ribs. But he was resting. That's very significant. And now let's look at some points regarding God's job. Picking up from where we left off regarding Adam in Genesis 2. Genesis 2, 2 also tells us as we continue. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man he made. He fashioned. He formed into a woman. And he brought her and presented her to the man. So we see that while Adam was resting, God was providing. Again, our job is to rest in God's presence, while God's job is to provide. Philippians 4:19 tells us that my God will provide liberally all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And then Genesis 22 verse 13 tells us that Abraham looked up and glanced around and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. <laughs> now, in case you don't remember this story, Abraham was obeying the message from God and the instructions from God to offer up his only son, Isaac, as a sacrifice. And when Isaac looked up at his father and asked him, you know, what is going on, Lord? And, and where's the what is going on, Father? Where's the sacrifice? Abraham responded to his son and said, the Lord himself will provide the sacrifice. And while he was preparing to sacrifice his son, Isaac, in obedience to God, an angel stopped him. And when he turned and looked behind him, he saw a ram caught in the thicket. Now, how long the ram was there, we do not know, but this we do know for sure. Abraham's eyes did not see the ram until after he made the decision to obey, to follow through with laying it all on the altar for God. I'm saying that to say that all of our needs are provided for, the needs of our present and I also believe the needs of our future. However, it's not until we choose to rest in God's ability to fulfill his own word that we see his provision. Coming to a close, if our heavenly father is able to manage the countless planets in our universe, he's more than capable of caring for our needs. Romans chapter five, verse eight tells us while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He provided for our greatest need before we were born and he is committed to providing for our needs today. Our greatest need is the need to be forgiven 
of our sins and not just forgiven, but even restored. And before we could even recognize that need, God gave his only son to hang on the cross and then to be buried in the grave and he resurrected before you and I were even born so that he can care for our greatest need, which was the, which is the need to be forgiven, restored in character and reconciled to God Almighty in relationship. There's a hymn that says, troubled soul, the Savior can see every heartache and tear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Calvary, Calvary. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. One of my favorite authors put it this way. Worry is blind and cannot discern the future, but Jesus sees the end from the beginning. In every difficulty, he has his way prepared to bring relief. Our Heavenly Father has a thousand ways to provide for us of which we know nothing. Those who accept the one principle of making the service and honor of God supreme will find perplexities vanish and a plain path before their feet. Father in heaven, please help us to let go of the burdens that we're carrying and release them to you and teach us how to receive your peace, which passes all understanding. In the name of your son, we pray. Amen.